Hey guys, it's Rob. So it has been a minute. Um, yeah, so I've just kind of decided that um, I've just been busy, you know, and this is something that I, I do for fun and really only when like the mood strikes and um, I've just been tired, busy, just doing my thing, you know, so I decided, you know what, I haven't done one of these in a while. I'm gonna throw it up just for fun. Um, if you do want regular sports content, there's lots of other podcasts out there. Uh, my good friends over at the DI, Daily Intermission, uh, Greg and Nate. Amazing content and a lot of comedy all the time. If you want more my style analytics stuff, I recommend checking out like Move the Sticks um, with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Or um, if you want to know more about college, uh, check out No Punts Allowed with Adam Kramer and Paige Kuhn. But anyway, um, it's Saturday morning. And I am just sitting here, uh, taking a break from rewatching Criminal Minds excessively, like I usually do. Um, this is going to be unedited. I'm just going to go straight. I'm drinking my coffee, play some Madden, and uh, I might throw a little way too early mock draft in as we go. So uh, here we go. So I'm going to start out. Um, this is mainly going to be a college-heavy episode. Um just because, like, everyone's talking about the NFL, so like, you can get that news pretty well everywhere, especially on my Instagram page. Um, so I'm going to talk about college a little bit. So uh, just in teams in general right now, um, I posted this on my Instagram yesterday that there's Alabama and Georgia are one and two, and deservingly so. They look like the two best teams in football they're probably going to end up playing each other in the SEC championship, which means one of them will go into the playoff with one loss. But I don't think there's any debate right now who the best two teams in college football are. Um, the interesting part for me this year is uh, the rest of the teams that were rumored to have a shot at the playoffs. So Clemson, excuse me, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Texas A&M, they don't look good right now. Like, I mean, Oklahoma hasn't lost yet, but they are barely scraping by against group of five teams, and not even the good group of five teams. So, like, they look like shit. Um, it also doesn't bode well for the move to the SEC. A&M um, hasn't lost yet either, but, like, they, they're taking all they can handle from bad teams too. And I predict them to get upset by Arkansas today. Um, we'll see what happens there. So there's kind of like the – I posted about the group of five teams potentially getting in, so Cincinnati and BYU, um, which both have a shot, I'd say, to get in. However, I didn't mention that there are these middle-of-the-road teams. We're looking fucking fantastic right now. And those might be the guys to get in over the group of five teams, but um, – Thing is, they play in Power 5 conferences, so they're going to have to beat a juggernaut to get in. And those teams are Penn State, Iowa, who actually play each other in a couple weeks, um, and Ole Miss. So these teams have looked great so far, and I mean great. The only thing is, Penn State has to play Iowa in a couple weeks, so one of them's going to have a loss there. And then assumingly... Um, you also have to beat Ohio State to come out of the Big Ten. So that's two big wins that are going to be required for both of them. And Ohio State is struggling, but, you know, in a one-game thing against Penn State or Iowa, we'll see. Ole Miss is interesting. 
is if they were a Pac-12 team or a Big 12 team, I'd be all for them getting in. However, they are in the SEC. They do play Alabama in two weeks. And that one loss, like, I can see them putting Alabama and Georgia in. Um, and one of them is going to have a loss in the SEC championship. I don't think you can put Ole Miss in with one or two losses. You can't have three SEC teams in, unfortunately, even though Ole Miss is playing absolutely fantastic right now. And that's going to lead me to, like, my next segment um, here. Matt Corral, Ole Miss's quarterback, and Lane Kiffin. So, Matt Corral... Um, before the season, if you look at any big boards, which I'm probably the only nerd who does, but you never know, uh, Matt Corral was projected to be a late first round quarterback, maybe, um, depending on how the season goes. And I guess Heisman odds were like 40 to one or something before the season. Now he's the Heisman favorite. And also, um, depending on who you follow. Um, is firmly in the conversation to be QB1 for this year's draft. So, like, shout-out to Lane Kiffin and, uh, like, Matt Corral himself. For, uh, like, those guys are doing a great job. And uh, it's exciting football to watch. I took the over at 76 in the Ole Miss game last week, and they blew it out of the water. They scored 72 points themselves last week. So, um do what you will with that. But the other thing I'm going to talk about with Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss and quarterbacks is, so Lane Kiffin, if you, I don't know how many of you know his story, but that's for another episode. But he is a fantastic offensive coach. We'll just leave it at that. And um, he is going, he's uh, finally on social media now for the first time. And he follows one human being on social media. And that human being is Arch Manning. So it might be the most aggressive recruiting tactic I think I've ever seen, but you know, uh, props to Lane for doing it. And uh, we'll see how that works out for him and Arch. Um, There is a connection because Eli Manning played for Ole Miss. So, uh, you never know. Arch might want to go follow Uncle Eli at Ole Miss. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens there. So, yeah. Um, without further ado, I guess, I'm just going to fire up a quick way-too-early mock draft on my phone here. And I'll, uh, I'll take you through it. Um, how, um, yeah. So, this is purely based, like, the draft trades. Like, the Colts still have a first-round pick because um, we don't know how many snaps Wentz is going to play. And uh, the way they have it set up, it's purely based off of um, the preseason power rankings, I believe, is how they had um, the pick selection going. But anyway, we know it doesn't really matter um, the stage in the game, but I'm just going to get you familiar with the names that I'm hearing and what I see. So the first pick um, right now is the Houston Texans, even though they are a one-win team at the moment. Um, and they are going to go with Mr. Matt Corral, the aforementioned. 
uh, quarterback out of Ole Miss as the number one pick. Uh, I'm not saying that Davis Mills would look bad, but um, you only pick number one for a reason. We've seen Davis Mills for one game. And uh, I think Matt Corral is just too much to pass up and uh, go number one. Uh, number two, we're going to go probably the highest uh, drafted player ever out of Liberty University. And we're going to go with Malik Willis to the Detroit Lions, uh, the quarterback as well. The Auburn transfer with the league on fire and got Liberty ranked last year. He's just, he's too good. Like, the knock on him will be that he was a small school guy and uh, he couldn't beat out Bo Nix for the starting job at Auburn, but we'll see what happened there. Nix was a legacy and Willis was a relatively unknown kid, but the talent is transcending. Um, so I think the Lions go get their super athletic quarterback of the future at number two. That leaves the Jags in a very unique position at number three. Because quarterbacks go one, two. So they took Trevor Lawrence last year. So they have their pick of the best player on the board. And what do you think? That's Kayvon Thibodeau or Derek Stingley. Um, I'm going to go the Jags. Say the Jags realize what they gave up in Jalen Ramsey and go get Jalen Ramsey 2.0 and Derek Stingley Jr., third overall. And at least the Jets at number four just licking their lips because they get um, – a top-tier player at a premier position. It's like Kayvon Thibodeau, fourth overall, the edge rusher from Oregon, who um, many will believe is the best player in the entire draft. And the Jets haven't had a premier edge rusher since John Abraham. They signed Carl Lawson this year. He got hurt in training camp and won't see him. So, but... If we learn anything about the NFL and analytics and everything like that, it's the game is still won in the trenches. Not necessarily by the run game anymore, but still in the trenches. If you have good offensive line and a good pass rush, uh, you're typically a very good team. So that's where the Jets go. Number four, number five, the Bengals don't overthink it. They take Evan Neal, best tackle in the draft at Alabama, and pair him with uh, his old teammate Jonah Williams. Uh, one of them plays right, one of them plays left. You might need to, if Riley Reef is still there, you might kick him inside. I can't remember how long his deal is. But just protect Joe Burrow. Even with an improved Bengals offensive line, Burrow is still getting hit. Not quite like he did last year, but still far too much for my liking. Number six, Carolina, who's 3-0 and right now. So we'll see if they actually end up picking six overall, but, you know. Like I said, this is based off pre-draft rankings. I mean, uh, preseason rankings. And they go get Kyle Hamilton here. So they get to pair the best free safety, like center fielder, that the draft has seen since like Earl Thomas um, with Jeremy Chin back there. And yeah, like that defense is already good. And now you're, you have Jeremy Chin and... Kyle Hamilton, it's looking a lot like Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas. So, with that, what you will. The Eagles at number seven. So, I don't know about you. Um, a lot of people will say this could be a quarterback spot, but Jalen Hurts looked fucking fantastic so far this year. So, I think Jalen Hurts is the quarterback of the future in Philly. And they instead are going to go get. 
at number seven here. Um, oh, they're going to go get my guy out of Cincinnati. Like I said, I'm very high on Cincinnati. Uh, my Jay Sanders, the edge rusher. Uh, Brandon Graham has gotten hurt in his old um, – like they're they're good at pass rush. They're just old. Like uh, they brought in Ryan Kerrigan uh, to play behind. He's going to replace Brandon Graham right now. But like Derek Barnett has been okay. But like they need some youth on that pass rush. And like I said, the game is one of the trenches. I love my Jay Sanders size and explosion off the edge. And uh, Eagles have several first round picks, so we're going to roll with that. Number eight. Uh, the Ra- Raiders, Ravers, well, Raiders go take DeMarvin Leal, uh, the super athletic defensive, interior defensive lineman at Texas a and um, The Raiders are finally starting to get some push off the edge for the first time in forever. Um, get a little pass rush, but if they can improve it inside as well, uh, that defense could actually be something serious, which is really weird to say about the Raiders. Now we're going to see a little run on quarterbacks. So number nine, the Giants. And they have two of the next three picks. Um, like Danny Dimes is done, and uh, they're going to go get another New York. So they played it safe with Danny Dimes last time, got like sort of the reserved personality to try to deal with New York. This time they say, fuck it, throw it all out the window, go get the flamboyant wild kid in with all the talent, go get Spencer Rattler and put him in New York and just let everything go. Media frenzy begin. So Spencer Rattler, quarterback from Oklahoma, 10 to the Giants. That leaves, in my opinion, Atlanta at number 10. Um, I think they do go quarterback now, and it would be between Sam Howell of North Carolina and Desmond Ritter of Cincinnati. And I think Arthur Smith would go a little more Sam Howell's way. I mean, when he won in Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill, and uh, I get a little more the, the true comparison with Sam Howell's Baker Mayfield, but um, I, I get some Tannehill vibes there. So, like, we'll go Sam Howell there. And the Giants are back on the clock again here. And we're going to go get the Giants, something they haven't had in a long time, and that's a playmaker in the middle of the field. So their defensive line is very good. They've got a little bit of edge rush now, but they haven't had a, like a true middle linebacker in a long time. So we're going to get them Christian Harris at Alabama. He'll make 140 tackles as a rookie, and there we go. And that leaves Washington picking at 12th, uh, going to get their quarterback of the future. I love Taylor Heineke, but, you know, I don't think that's a long, long-term answer there. I think he's a tremendous guy you want to keep around as your backup and bridge guy. And uh, maybe even as your starter to start the season next year while you groom the youngster. And we're going to go get Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. So we've had five quarterbacks go in the top 12, but I don't think we see another one for quite a while. Arizona doesn't overthink it here. They go get the top corner on the board. And that's it. And that's Kyrie Elam out of Florida. Done. Pittsburgh. So you can go a couple different ways here with Pittsburgh. You could go 
edge rusher opposite TJ Watt. Uh, Melvin Ingram's like done a great job coming over, but he's quite old. Alex Highsmith is decent, but like you said, he always win in the trenches. So I want to go another edge rusher here, or I could really help them on the O-line. I'm going to go O-line here, and I'm going to go get them. Uh, where is Mr. Darian Kennard out of Kentucky here? Who has had a dominating, and I mean dominating season in the SEC, playing for one of the worst schools in the SEC. Uh, against top talent, just this guy is a phenomenal tackle who's shooting off draft boards right now. So we're going to have the Steelers take him at 14 here. Oh, man, that's good coffee. Um, all right, and also just a little look here. If you don't drink, like, um, I don't want to call it craft coffee, but like if you just go and get like Tim Hortons or McDonald's pods or something like that, or go just just stop it. Go to wherever you are, go to your local superstore or Sobeys, whatever, and just find some locally made stuff. Like um, where I'm from in the valley, like tan, just us, all that stuff. Oh my goodness. Like go get it. It's so much better. And it's usually fair trade. It's usually some of it is like for a charitable cause. Just go get some good coffee and thank yourself. All right. Uh, like I'm in St. John now and I found like three local places that make phenomenal coffee. So like, yeah, go support that. Anyway, my little tangent here. Broncos picking at 15 here. And Von Miller is old, still effective. Bradley Chubb is very effective, but often hurt. So we never have enough edge rushers. We're going to go get them. Where did he go on my board here? Drake Jackson at a USC. Vikings, another edge rusher. I'm telling you, the way the game's going, you need a million of them. We're going to go get them. Uh, click over here. They are going to take Mr. Aiden Hutchison out of Michigan. So we're seeing a little edge run here. Now we're at the Patriots. And this is going to start a little receiver run. Because Chris Olave would be the steal of the draft at 17. But we've just seen how teams are finding receivers outside of like the top picks. So that's the only reason Olave falls here. I think you're going to start to see receivers fall in drafts just because you realize how effective some of the other guys are. But anyway, Mac Jones is like high-fiving everybody he can find right now. We get Chris Olave at 17. Chargers are also going to go receiver here, and they're going to take Chris Olave's teammate, Garrett Wilson, at 18. <laughs> Eagles have another pick here. Um, they took MyJ Sanders the first time, and now they're going to take Tyler Linderbaum here, top center in the draft. And the Eagles are just – this is just a youth movement for the Eagles, the theme I have here. Like Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, all these guys have been around forever. They've had fantastic careers, and they still got a little juice left in them. But Jalen Hurts the future in Philly. you got to start the youth movement. They are one of the oldest rosters you can imagine. Um, let's just keep a couple veterans, but it's time to cut some dead weight. And uh, they took my man out of Alabama last year. Oh, God. Why 
his name escaping me right now. They're Landon Dickerson. Center last year, and they plugged him in at guard, and now they're going to take Tyler Linderbaum and what you had for so many years with Brandon Brooks and Jason Kelsey. You're going to recreate with Linderbaum and Dickerson in front of Jalen Hurts and uh, keep rolling. Now the Colts pick at 20. Of course, this pick will also belong to the Eagles if Carson Wentz plays 75 of the snaps this year. But right now, it belongs to the Colts, and we're going to have them take Traylon Burks Finally get a number one receiver out of University of Arkansas. Big, fast, strong. Um, if this guy played not at Arkansas and he played at one of the – if he played at Clemson or if he played at Alabama or Ohio State, Georgia, this guy would be, yeah, well more, way well more known. You know what I mean? And he'd be, like, the talk of everything. But even at Arkansas, he's going to be a first-round pick, so – Know the name Traylon Burks. Cowboys don't overthink it here. Defense, 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 defense. And they go get the corner Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson. Saints. Um, Saints could go O-line here. But I also, because they're getting old on the O-line. But we're also not going to overthink it for them. And they're going to take, where's my man, Sauce. Guard. There he is. Ahmad Sauce is his nickname. Gardner out of Cincinnati. So that's three Cincinnati Bearcats, if anyone's counting, in the top 22 picks. Group of five. Um, the Titans here at 23. Yeah, I want to go with the Titans. We're going to go to Jalen Weidermeyer, the tight end out of Texas A&M. Super athletic, just a big receiver. Does enough in the run game. Um, I like Anthony Ferkser, but he hasn't been healthy this year. And Titans are always been a two-tight end team anyway. So Jalen Weidermeyer will get them that vertical element that they lost with Johnny Smith. That's going to be a better version of Johnny Smith. So like Jalen Weidermeyer there. The New York Jets took Kayvon Thibodeau with their first pick. They're going to go get Jordan Battle here. Now, I know they need a corner, but I don't like the corner selection at that pick right there. So, they're going to go get another safety to play. Um, they're at Alabama. Jordan Battle, come down in the box, play your dime linebacker. Just a playmaker on the defense. That role Jamal Adams used to play for them. And then you can have Marcus Mike. May, Maya, however you say it, go back to free and uh, go a little more ball hawking than enforcer. So I really like that pairing on the back end. Luxury pick for the Browns because we'll see what their offseason brings, but they don't need anything. And it's just so you go get the best player at a top tier position, and they're going to go get George Karloftis, the pass rusher at Purdue. The Lions are going to go get, after they get their quarterback here, they are going to, what are the Lions going to do here? Ed Drusher, Kingsley, and Agbre out of South Carolina. In all reality, probably was much higher in the draft um, than this, but there's so many Ed Rushers. We'll see how they stack closer to draft time. I think I have like seven of them going in the first round or something now, so. Kingsley and Ibrahim is the next one off the board. 
Uh, Dolphins here. Um, they go get Iki Ikwanu. Guard tackle, whatever you want to call him, out of uh, North Carolina State. Uh, dominant, dominant offensive lineman. Dolphins have just thrown shit at a wall with all these. They've taken, like, busted for top picks by other teams, trying to throw them in there. Solve their O-line problems. They drafted a lot of guys in the first and second round, and they do it again here. Eventually, they're going to find a five that works and, uh, and try again right here. Baltimore Ravens, pick number 28. Um, they are going to go get... Um, they had the two last time. Who do I like in Baltimore here? It's another really good roster. Um, maybe we get them Kenyon Green here and, um, uh, that's their new right tackle. Uh, you have Alejandro going wave on a one-year deal right now. So, yeah, good right tackle at 28. Green Bay Packers. I think go get probably Jordan Love, um, a new top target. Um, other than because I don't know if Devontae Adams is going to be there, but we'll see. Anyway, they rebuild, and they go get John Mechie. Uh, the Canadian top receiver at Alabama. So we'll roll with that there. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, another luxury pick. Um, they drafted C.J. Spiller once upon a time in the first round, and this time they take Isaiah Spiller, the running back, in the first round. Buccaneers follow the trend, and they take the other top running back in this draft, Brees Hall, 31. And the Kansas City Chiefs. Cannot stop the run to save their life. It is embarrassing. So what do the Chiefs do? They go get Perry and Winfrey, the interior alignment out of Oklahoma. And that is your first round of the way to really mock by Rob. So uh, that's all I'm going to do for today. Um, hopefully you start to familiarize yourself with these names because it's kind of neat to watch some college games and be like, oh, hey, that's the guy so-and-so was talking about. Oh, that's neat. Oh. And then when it comes draft time, you can be like, oh, I remember him. I watched him. And then you're not doing as much homework to get familiar. And once you are familiar with the top names, you can do sort of a deep dive on the lesser known names. So it helps out all around. Um, if you want to be a college football sort of nerd like I am. <laughs> anyway, um, good to be back. Thanks for listening. Um, yeah, check out the Instagram. Bye.